0: Real talk, live and write the execution, real walk And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside and get your body and chalk I left the institution, real talk Live and write the execution, real walk And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside to get your body and chalk Yeah, yeah, what's going on everybody? You are back. This is Across the Intersection podcast it's AJ. I'm in here with Eve and Dan in Hello, the building. Hello,
1: everybody. How y'all doing?
0: What to do? As always, you can check us out on iTunes, uh, Google Play for my Android folks, and we're always on SoundCloud. Please, if you're on iTunes, give us a five-star rating. I would genuinely appreci- mm-hmm. <laughs> appreciate that. Um, and but subscribe, 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 and did I mention subscribe? So, you can always get at us on social media. Um, we're on Twitter at Across This, um, and on Facebook Across the Intersection. We got to get on the gram. That's that's the next that's the next move. We're gonna get on the gram.
1: Instagram, that yeah. is.
0: Well, you know I'm hip. This is the <laughs> gram, homie. Um, And as always, you can hit us up individually on social media. I am at DeVenomous, D-I-V-E-N-O-M-O-U-S, on Twitter, Facebook, and I'm on the gram. Yeah.
1: At E to the V to the E, Twitter.
0: And I am not on Twitter or
2: the gram yet, uh, but you can check out my blog, WordPress.com.
0: Yeah. So... Oh man, you know, I, Ragu showed me something um, last night. It was a video that he told me to check out. This is not what we're going to talk about today, guys, but it was just, it, it was too funny to not mention. <laughs> so, uh, 45 was doing a press conference yesterday, or yeah, yesterday. And <laughs> he said that, you know, he was touring all of the, um, areas in the country that had been devastated by the hurricanes and things. And he's like, yeah, I went to Texas, and I went to Louisiana, and I went to Florida, and I went to Puerto Rico. And he's like, I even went to the Virgin Islands and met with the president of the Virgin Islands. And, um, and so they were like, hey. what? What, bro? Um, you realize hey. that's you, right? And himself. I, I was like, yo, this dude doesn't realize. Like- he doesn't realize that he is maybe the he president. Meant the, well, actually,
1: uh, maybe he meant the British. You know what? He meant the British Virgin Islands. That's what he meant.
0: No, he said the U.S. Virgin. He said U.S. Virgin. I'm I understand you trying to you're give, trying him give a, a benefit break. of the doubt. <laughs> it was on CNN. Like they was like, yeah, he said he met with the president of the Virgin Islands, and he doesn't realize that's him. So I was just like, yo, is he kidding me? Like nine months in? I don't know. I just thought that that was funny. This is not where we're going, folks. I just thought that that was, you know. It, it was like just one of them things where you're just like, yo, I can't right now with that. I was like, I can't. I can't. I'm sorry.
1: I AJ, you know, I, I like when you, like the last couple of times you sparked it off with what's been going on this week? How y'all doing? <laughs> so I'm going to I'm gonna take over for that part and ask you, what's been going on this week?
0: Oh, man, with me. um, You know, same stuff, different week. I don't know. Work, kids, you know, life, nothing special. I was in NY visiting family last week. <laughs> those of you who don't know, I used to live in New York for a couple of years when I was a kid. And I still New got, York. But unlike some people in the room, I don't still claim New York because uh, I live in DC area now, so <laughs> I don't try to claim New York anymore. No, I lived in New York for a few years as a kid, and so I got a lot of family up there. So we were up there last week and- Every time I go back, you re- you remember like New York is the big brother city, <laughs> DC is the little brother because it's like yo, there's no comparison. Yeah, there's honestly. just no comparison. There's for pe- if uh, people listening, if you've never been to New York City, it's this just. It's I, I can't even. You could fit five DCs inside of New York uh, and actually, still have space. Yeah, I mean.
1: like in terms of population, New York has eight million people at a minimum. And DC has half a million, so it's yeah. actually, in terms of population, sixteen times <laughs> larger than DC. There you go. I really love living down here because I mean that's why I'm still here. But when I go home, it's like okay, this, see, look this at is you. We mean when you go home, this is your home. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. You know, my parents. My dad was from Michigan. My mother's from North Carolina. They always claimed home, even yeah. though we, you know, they yeah, lived yeah, their yeah. whole lives in New York. They always claimed home. So I guess that's the way that goes.
0: Yeah, and that, that's funny you say that, because I, I always just imagine people coming from areas like Michigan or North Carolina to New York City. It's like, you know, they had to be like, whoa, what, what, where am I? Like, what, what's, what's going on? So, like, people even who come up to D.C., like, I know people who've, like, come from, like, you know, rural parts of the South, and they come up here, and I'm like, yo, what brought you all the way up here? I'm, you know, it's probably thousands of reasons, but it's just kind of like the, chain, the the culture shock must have been tremendous, but... Anyway, I mean that's what I experience every time I go up. When I go up, it's like yo, this is this is another this is another this is another city. This is not so yeah, so DC, Philly, Baltimore, they are towns. They're, not, they're yeah, big towns they're big or towns. little Come cities. On. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> One or the other. <laughs> they're big towns. Ouch. Shout out to my people listening to Philly and Baltimore. Ouch. That was her, not me. <laughs> so anyway, that's that's where we are now. So we you know, but I, I want to keep our conversation going that we've been talking about the the last couple of weeks. I think it's been really good. It's been really heavy, been really weighty. Um, and I guess now we get to sprinkle in some more uh, current event stuff. Um, so for for the last couple of weeks, guys, you know, we've been sort of deconstructing, you know, people's cultural ideology when they try to put it in the same box or, you know, whatever, the the same category as, you know, Orthodox faith. Um, and just really trying to differentiate and, and, you know, separate the two. There's nothing inherently wrong with the cultural ideology. It's only when you try to make it synonymous with, you know, faith. That's where the problem comes in. That's when it becomes problematic. People's culture are their culture. You know, and I think when we try to make something out to be villainous, when it's just, you know, a particular cultural ideology, that's, That's not, you know, a a bad thing, but when that cultural ideology tries to make itself something that it's not, um, I think that's when it becomes problematic. So, um, this week I was reading a, uh, read an article, it was interviewing Tina Campbell. And that's for those of you who don't know Christian music. She's one half of the group Mary Mary. They had that song "Shackles," you know, "The Shackles on My Feet." Remember it, it was on BET. It was like I a big know, deal. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all looking at me funny, like, Man, "What's Be- that?"
1: <laughs> because you started to dip uh, your head when you no, tried
0: you know, to sing. Girl, song. let me. T- girl. I guess currently, like,
2: like God and Me, though. It's or, a, well, the God and Me. It's I think came me. out around the same time. Yeah. yeah. Is that like yeah, the no. same album?
0: Is That like off both just two? No, single? it's.
2: This- It was like the fourth album. How many albums do they have? I think they...
0: Jesus. I didn't think they had that many albums. Shows you how much I listen to. Yeah,
2: They have at least four, maybe five. Or I know... Erica, the other half, came out with her own album. Oh, okay.
0: Wow.
1: Well, the, the the main reason that a lot of people know about Mary Mary is that, you know, they're one of the few in contemporary gospel that's, that has crossover effect. So if you listen to some of the mainstream radio stations, you'll still hear their songs.
0: Right. Now, I remember Shackles was everywhere when that joint came out. It was everywhere. So, but she was interviewed, uh, um, I forget the name of the publication. I forget now off the top of my head. But if you Google search her name... Um, and just Google search her name and election interview. You'll you'll, you'll you'll find it. But she was interviewed this week and she made a couple of interesting statements and, um, you know, Avery and I were talking about this yesterday that um, she explained why she voted for 45. And she was just saying, you know, he, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to say this with a straight face, everybody. So, you know, he displayed good Christian values and the good Christian principles and, you know, that that spiel. And, you know, she sort of compared and contrasted that to how she feels about him now. And I don't agree with all of his things that he's done now and the things, you know, I have concerns and a lot of the decisions that he's made, I'm not in favor of and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And as I was reading it, I just thought, man dude pulled the okey-doke on. I mean, he pulled the okey-doke like he pulled the okey-doke on everybody else who thought this was, you know, God's man or, you know, the stuff that everybody was saying, you know, six, eight months ago. Um,
1: Isn't Trump a triple divorcee or a double divorcee? Could um, very well
0: be. I know, he, this is his third or fourth wife, this one. He talked Melania. about
1: sexual assault. There, there, there are lists and lists of things that are fruit Over the past fruit of something, (laughs) yeah. Over the past several decades of him in public life,
2: fruit of the flesh.
1: Yeah, basically that. I mean, the way he treated uh, um, tenants when he, you know, was was doing less commercial and more residential real estate. I mean, there's just uh, there's just like a long list of his actions, and and so the reason that I I bring that up is because I'm wondering what Christian values she's referring to.
0: Yeah, I'm, I wanted to pull it up. Okay, so the, the website is Love B. Scott, and they were referencing a BET interview, I think, is what it was. Yeah. And so she says, you know, I had a perspective, I had a feeling, and I put it out there. I know there's some people who don't agree. So here's, here's Tina Campbell's words. I was faced with two presidential candidates that I did not approve of, and so I had to find something, a commonality with one of them, that would make me feel like I have to vote.
1: There were three candidates, by the way. Go ahead. There
0: was a bunch of them. Um, and I should utilize my right to vote since I don't prefer either of, the, of them. What can I find that would make me vote? And some of Donald's Tr- Donald Trump's views on Christianity is what caused me to vote for him. So that that's th- those are her words, not mine. So now she says, here's how she feels now. Many of the decisions that he has made afterwards I have not been in agreement with at all, which wasn't in agreement with my last president that I voted for, but however, as a Christian, my perspective is to pray for the president and not to use my social platforms or other platforms to try to destroy this man, because at the end of the day, he still represents the country that I live in. So, and she talks about just you know continuing to pray for him and, and what have you. Now, my, my only problem with that I, you know, I have no problem with praying for him because we should. And you know, if you're listening to it, if you're listening to us, you don't know, know that we are believers. We are Christians. I, my, my, you know, my desire is to not be just another voice out here, but you know, to try to direct you in that mature way, right? In that mature way. And so, we need to be praying for him. We, we need to, you know, make sure that we ask God to give this man wisdom and, and guidance and protection and all of those things. But when we try to mix that in together with all the cultural stuff, um, that's when it becomes problematic because she didn't get into it, but you have to read between the lines. When she says, oh, he displayed the good Christian values, right? But then you say, oh, but I don't agree with any of his decisions afterwards. Well, what don't you agree with? This is the good Christian man. So how does that connect with what we're talking about? When we, and this is, and this is something I, I want to get you guys take on. When we make a, a cultural ideology synonymous with Orthodox Christian faith, the, the requirements to, to sort of say, right, or to qualify yourself as a Christian are different than the, the requirements to qualify yourself as a member of a cultural ideology. And that's why we get hit with this okie-doke, because I don't have to display the fruit of the spirit to be identified with a cultural ideology. Right? To, to identify with a cultural ideology, all I gotta do is show up, right? use some of the buzzwords, and talk the talk, and play the game, and I'm part of the in crowd. But that's not the same criteria that one would need to have to qualify oneself as an authentic believer.
1: That's critically mm-hmm. important. There's a difference between someone, there's a different requirement between being a Christian right? fear God, keep his commandments, uh, hold to the testimony of Christ, boom, right? (laughs) There's a difference between that and the requirements, the application for ascribing to a cultural ideology. That's a really good point because, but the problem, well, what that ends up doing, though, is that when you have a jurisdiction that needs to make a decision, that puts them in in a situation where they have to utilize cognitive dissonance in order to even make a decision. What what do you do as 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 a voting person? What do you do? You see someone who opens up his mouth and says certain things, which is why I take issue with Tina Campbell saying he displays, there was no display. The only display was the fruit of the flesh, as Dan had said before. That's not a display, he opens his mouth and says, this is how I believe concerning marriage, and this is what I believe with respect to the rights of the unborn. But his actions or his fruit or what he displayed in the past shows something else. So what she, I think, would have said if if she had been, uh, if she had used different words, would have been, I believed what he opened his mouth and uttered, right? That's what I believed. And then, and I did not search out or I disregarded his actions. Yeah. Or I determined that his past actions, he's a different man now. Maybe he just became a believer last year. And so, you know, him being a double or triple divorcee, whatever the situation is, you know, him uh, uh, having uh, filing bankruptcy several times, you know, uh, his ideas that poverty-stricken people um, need to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps, this is implicit, Um, whereas he's filed for bankruptcy (laughs) for billions of dollars, I'm sorry, for millions of dollars several times. That the the fruit that's fruit that's in the past, now he's a different person and now he opens up his mouth and says. So it puts you at a a, a difficult situation where mm. you have one requirement to be a Christian and another requirement to be culturally a part of churchianity.
2: Yeah. So I um I actually pulled up a post she had written a Facebook post back in January twenty fifth, I believe, this year where you know, after Trump had just gotten elected and defending her choice to uh, why she voted for him and that uh, you shouldn't look at his past. Uh, He's a changed person. You know, we need to forgive him and look past that. And I agree to a degree. Um, You know, the issue is that during that time it wasn't trump's past it was his present (laughs) it it wasn't that okay he yeah he did these things in the past and now he's repentant of it that you see you you see the fruit of repentance you know you don't see the fruit of repentance you see him talking the talk talking the politician talk and using the the buzzwords they get uh, American churchianity on his side which are seem to be two main issues abortion and, and marriage Painless. and yeah and you see that with all these Republican candidates they pander the to those two issues and in fact I I cannot remember I'm sorry I cannot remember the politician's name but I believe, a senator somewhere. He was a uh, f- big on family values and everything, and big on um, anti-abortion. And he, uh, it was discovered he had infidelity in his marriage and was trying to get his mistress to have an oh, abortion. Oh yeah,
0: I did just read that. Yes, yeah. yes, that just happened.
2: So these these are you know the people that you know evangelicals are voting for because they're they're talking the talk they're pandering to these issues of you know abortion and 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 marriage family values they speak about it but do they actually hold to these things they're not bearing fruit if you you know donald trump is saying these things that he knows will get evangelicals on his side which Politicians have been doing for generations. Um, But it's like, when will people wake up and actually look beyond their words to their fruit? Um, We cannot separate someone's character.
0: Tim uh, Murphy. That's the dude, Tim Murphy. yeah. Yeah. He's a congressman, Tim Murphy.
2: Yeah. So we, we cannot separate someone's character from their, their values. If, if they're saying one thing, but their character shows another, which which do we believe? We need to believe their character. The funny
1: if- thing, Daniel, though, is that even if we're just talking about words, D- Donald Trump did not open his mouth and even repent of those past right. actions. So some people might say the past is the past. He's a Christian now, mm-hmm. if that's the case. But one of the first actions, what was the first thing you had to do? What was the first thing you had to do? What what was the first thing I had to do when I decided to convert to this faith of christ the messiah repent you have to say to god you know look uh, unfortunately you know these are my sins that i'm repenting of and i'm asking you to ascribe christ's blood to me uh so that my so that i can be redeemed but i never even heard uh uh, trump open up his mouth to repent so that anybody can even say oh well he's actually sorry you know for for his actions and he's actually
2: his heart is actually changed yeah in fact i've heard the exact opposite i've heard him say that he hasn't sinned he actually said that before that he hasn't sinned Mm -hmm. (laughs) as and the fact that he doesn't acknowledge that he sins is a huge issue how can you a believer and not acknowledge what is the purpose of
1: this jesus this this you know middle eastern man who was you know splayed on a cross and and you know experienced all of that punishment what was his purpose if <laughs> what was the purpose of all of that agony if there was no sin that he was doing all of that for
0: here's the so and this uh, you know i know guys we we told you way back in the beginning we're not a political show and so this is not an, a front of 45 but what this Wong, is Wong, <laughs> what this is though my my concern is not not as much with him per se as it was with the body of Christ with the you know with the church by and large and so that's why we referenced the the Tina Campbell article because I mean she represents you know a a segment of Christianity who thought just like she thought right who comes out here is 45 using the buzzwords and so sh- thinking oh he's in our camp and so just like we talked about last week right how white evangelicalism doesn't just affect caucasians cuz she's a black woman right so it's a you know where the the cultural ideology is not restricted to any one people group. It's an ideology, and anybody who ascribes to it can get swept up, right yeah. in in the phenomenon. You yeah. can get swept up in the phenomenon, and so here she is coming along, you know, thinking a, a, along the the same cultural lines, right? Hearing forty five use the buzzwords, and then immediately ascribing to him Christian identity. Like he comes out, uses the buzzwords, and so Christian identity is immediately ascribed to him without any of those criteria which you guys just stated. Repentance, fruit of the spirit, acknowledgement of Christ. You know, and, and none of that has been done, but yet Christian identity has been ascribed to him. You know, the reason that takes place is because we make the cultural ideology synonymous with Orthodox Christian faith.
1: Let me interrupt you right there real quick because um, before I came here, uh, I was listening just uh, to the speech that uh, 45 made to the values uh, voters. And it was embarrassing, honestly. It was, if my face had the ability to turn red, it would have, okay? (laughs) Because what, so he went before the, the values voters and he'd done that in the past when he was campaigning And uh, and so everything that he said was a a a buzzword or a buzz phrase, and they clapped every couple of seconds, literally, and ate it all up. So you know, we are not a a people who worship government; we worship God. Ah! clap, Clap! 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 You know, and then they calm down and he says one more thing and then there's a rousing applause and he says another thing and, you know, and, and then rousing applause. He, he picked, he, he could have just had a bucket full of phrase. I bet you the bucket could have been called phrases that cause uh, uh, Christians to go crazy and to, and to support you and to and to get really enthusiastic. And all he had to do was put his hand in a bucket, read one, and they did exactly that. It was almost like a, it was like Cheppetto, you know, it was like, you know, oh. a puppet master. And then we are the puppets. It was embarrassing. Wow. And so that's yeah. where we have come, where somebody just needs to stand in front of us and open up his mouth. And if he says the right things, regardless of fruit, yeah, we're going to eat it all that, the way up.
2: That reminds me of yeah a few podcasts back when we were talking about Farrakhan, kind of the mm-hmm. same thing. thing. Yeah.
0: These guys, listen, these guys are savvy. The one thing I will not take away from 45 is he is savvy. He knows what to say, when to say it. You
1: don't even have to be too savvy to do that.
0: I'm just I mean, saying you the, don't come all out of you nowhere. Have to
1: do is open up the, the bottom lip from the top and repeat. <laughs> I mean, that's how dumb, you know, human beings, you know, us as human beings and us as, as a voting uh, group and as consumers, because we live in a consumer culture, have become. We've become we've become pretty, pretty lame.
0: well, when I mean savvy, I just mean someone who realized, oh, all I got to do is get groups of people to buy into. Like I don't have to have a plan. I don't have to have anything else. And again, this is particularly speaking to believers because they're, you know, they are a group of voters. they're a swath of the voting block. And like just like you said, all all I need to do, is say a a few buzzwords, and I got them. Now, let's play devil's advocate. To the people that might say, who have said it, like Mike Huckabee and others, yo, listen, we're not electing a pastor, right? We're not, we're not electing a, a Sunday school teacher. I think those are Mike Huckabee's words exactly. We're not electing a Sunday school teacher. We're electing a president. We just want someone who has those values, you know, a, a modicum of the values, and we're fine. okay. And I can hear that. If that was an authentic statement, right, I could actually understand that. But okay. But then, you know, what I got to reflecting on yesterday was the 2012 election cycle. Obama's second run. Right? And again, I'm looking at Christian leadership. I could care less what the politicians say or do. They're politicians. They're, they're like green snakes in tall grass. They're, they're going to do what they got to do. But Christian leadership—you know, people who quote unquote are claiming to be the the standard bearers of of our faith. Right? Twenty twelve election cycle, you have one man who is saying he's a Christian. Same thing like we had in twenty sixteen, right? A guy using the buzzwords because let me don't don't get it twisted. O- Obama was using buzzwords as well.
1: Oh, he was a slick. Politician. He was a he,
0: he, exactly, but the Christian leadership by and large chose to get behind uh, another gentleman who was a confessed Mormon, who was a professed Mormon, like I am a Mormon, but yet and still the Christian leadership, again, was willing to get behind someone or go against someone, I should say, who was saying they were Christian. This is how we know that the cultural ideology right, and the faith are not the same thing. They're not synonymous. And for people who continue to try to perpetuate that misnomer, this is where the, the the clash comes in. For all of you who listen, who ascribe to evangelicalism and who may have been offended from our last couple of podcasts, you know, I'm not going to say I apologize because my intent was to offend you. My intent was to show you that the cultural ideology is not our faith. And so for people who have problems with a lot of individuals who are now divorcing themselves of that cultural ideology my my intent you know over these last couple of weeks was to systematically go through and show you examples of reasons why mm-hmm. why someone would say hey you know what I'm good with this cultural ideology I'm going to continue to pursue my faith elsewhere apart from this and where in, in recent history people would have attributed that to leaving the faith. Oh, yeah, they're not a Christian anymore. Like I've heard Christian leaders say that. Like, oh, they were never they were never a believer then. Oh, they it's like, no, they're still a believer. They they still have faith. They just no longer are Putting all their ducks in this basket anymore. Well, not ducks. What eggs? I'm sorry, not ducks. <laughs> putting all their eggs in this basket. They're, <laughs> they're taking the eggs out of this basket because this basket has proven itself to be, you know, biased to one particular cultural cultural ideology that they no longer ascribe to. And so we have to really. Make sure that these lines are clear, these lines and, you know, what's the Bible saying? That our yes is yes and our no is no. Like these, we need to be clear. We need to be clear and say, hey, listen, and if that's your cultural ideology, like I'm okay with that. Just say that. Don't call it my faith. Just say, you know what? This is the culture I came up in. This is the culture I was raised in, you know, for, for better or for worse. This is okay. That's fine. That's Okay. We can address it once you decide to be honest. And that's what
1: we're trying to do—is address it. You know, getting back to 2012, it's amazing. It's it's amazing. So you have one man who opened up his mouth, just like 45 is currently opening up his mouth. We have one man, Obama, who opened his mouth and said, "I am a Christian," and even had a few fruit. You know, married to but one wife. You know, seemed at least to be someone who was compassionate when it comes to the poor and the widows and others that the Bible asks us to be compassionate about. Um, So, you know, there were certain things that you saw that were fruit and certain things that were anti-fruit, but still he opened his mouth, which seemed to be the requirement (laughs) for, for a lot of voters. At least it is this, it had been this cycle for you to just open your mouth and say, so you had that man, then you had another man who was a part of a misnamed church called the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints and i say misnamed because mormons aren't christians uh and he you know and i know that they would say that they are but there's certain things in the bible right that don't um, jive with what they believe and then they are in the book of mormon the existence of the book of mormon is one of those things I was gonna adding say, to yeah. the scripture yeah basically, <laughs> right there yeah. and they have, they have but, several other books yeah for all great price i mean, like Pearl, Gray, price, and I mean ones, just so. you know so there's just so much but anyway you know so one of them uh, claimed to be a christian but did not ascribe to this uh, uh cultural churchianity You know, And then there's another who didn't even claim it. He claimed to belong to a different church or a different organization, but he did have the cultural capital that caused people to prefer him rather than the former.
0: And I think if if we're honest and we just say that, I think that God can deal with that as opposed to this other mixture thing that's going on now. This mixture that's going on now I think is what is causing a lot of the problems. If, If people just came out and said, listen, I, you know, I'm a believer, I'm this, I'm that, but this is my cultural ideology. Like, this is what I like, this is what I don't like, you know, whatever the case may be, but this is who I am. I think that that's a much better disposition, even if it offends you or rubs you the wrong way, because at least now God can address the, the, the aspects of your particular culture, right, that are void of God. But when you mix it all together, it is hard to find that because it's just one big murky mess.
1: It is a jab of the hut blob.
2: (laughs) So I'm just going back to what you said before, AJ, I do believe, you know, especially going back to the 2012 election cycle. I view it as more so on the Christian leadership than the lay people, because a lot of People who I identify as Christians don't even recognize that Mormonism is a cult. Unfortunately, um, that should not be the case. We should be Are able they to. Are fooled by the misnomer,
1: <laughs> the mis, the misnamed church? It says Jesus that in the, and in the, the name fact of the that,
2: church. Yeah, and that they'll claim to be Christians, uh, but the leadership should know better. Um, you know, our leadership. You know, as believers, the pastors, elders, they should know they should be able to recognize that yeah Mormonism isn't a cult but you had people defending him even quote-unquote Christian leadership um I think of well I, I don't know if I want to really get into this right now but uh you have you know you had a prominent pastor like Joel Osteen who I would say I have a lot of issues with him in general. I preach but preach he, he's and he's saying, oh, Mormons are Christian. They say they're Christian, so I'm going to believe it there. That's what he said during the 2012 election and mm. voting for Mitt Romney. So a lot of people are following his lead. So, yeah, the leadership yeah, is going to be held accountable. And like you said, AJ, we just need to be real, like— Okay, if if this is why you're voting for this candidate based on the ideology, that's fine. Just make that clear. Right? Don't say because he's a Christian or upholds Christian values. And I think yeah, you know, we get stuck in this uh, Western Christianity mindset. I I really, if if at all possible, I would encourage believers here in America if they are able to travel and visit churches across the world visit churches in africa visit churches in asia and you'll get a totally different experience
1: hey dan dan i don't know if you want it to get slightly personal but can you just give an example of what you experienced in east africa just being in that environment
2: yeah well i I had a short-term mission trip for about two weeks i went to sudan by way of uganda but um i was at a orphanage there but just uh yeah just going to the church there they had a church at the orphanage and just seeing just seeing the yeah just the unabashed worship of god and of course you know they were well they were worshiping god both they some of them knew some english but then also in their there are a couple, well, a few different languages, mm-hmm. which yeah, is another thing I think us as Americans, we get stuck and only knowing English, but right. other cultures, they know like at, at least, I mean, at least two, more likely four or five different languages. Mm. But they, yeah, they knew Arabic and, and the local dialect was called Mahdi there. But oh. yeah, the worship experience was to me it was a lot more freer than it is here Mm -hmm. um but yeah there's no you know there's no western ideology mixed mixed in there uh so yeah you're going to get a totally different experience if you visit the other if you visit other cultures other churches and see that this is not i mean this This is a sect of Christianity here, but it's, you know, mixed in with cultural ideology. And like you said, cultural ideology in itself is not a bad thing, but it's bad when we equate our cultural ideology to Christianity in general, understanding that, yeah, there are Christians of other cultures who are just as faithful. And that's what I saw. I saw their faith. I saw their belief in christ which would put a lot of us to shame Mm -hmm. and they were truly in a sense they were they were really trusting god for their daily bread i mean whereas you know literally their daily bread uh where we can just go to the grocery store here and get our bread and needs so i saw a level of faith in them that just amazed me um So, no, they don't prescribe to the ideology here, but that, again, that doesn't make them any less (laughs) a believer in Christ. So Um,
0: Imagine going to a group of believers like that with the lines that we use here, right? Mm -hmm. God and country and and, and that sort of thing. Like, (laughs) imagine taking this mentality to, to those types of people. I remember having a conversation with a brother who'd never left this country and he was walking away from the faith. And he was saying, you know, he was essentially moving towards agnostic. And then, you know, he said he felt like he was just sort of drifting towards atheism. And I told him, I said, man, you know, I didn't even want to debate with him about atheism. I asked him that. I said, have you ever been outside the country? No, I've never been outside the US. I said, well, that's the first thing you need to do. You need to travel outside of the United States. And then I told him, I said, because once you travel outside of this country, you'll realize atheism is first world problems. (laughs) I hope y'all hear me. Atheism is first world problems. (laughs) And the reason I say atheism is first world problem is because let's just say there is no God. I want to just go down this rabbit hole, right? Let's just say there is no God.
1: Everything sprang into existence. Right.
0: That means for 90% of the people on this planet, your life is irrelevant. You're going to live in the gutter. You're going to die in the gutter. That would mean that the the majority of people on this planet life mean very little. For people who are born in the third world who make up the majority of this world, their life is meaningless. That's why atheism is first world. I have enough free time on my hands living in first world conditions that I can think about things like, mm, maybe there is no God, maybe you No, for people like that who have to depend on God for their daily bread and they see the faithfulness of God right on a daily basis, atheism is not even a discussion it's like it's not even in the realm of thought because i see i see the faithfulness of god on a daily but because like you said we're so accustomed i just go to safeway and get a loaf of bread so i can get my bread and then sit down and think about being atheist and go ahead and do that
1: and interestingly those are the people people living in the, in that kind of abject one dollar a day poverty those are the people you would think would shake their fist at god and say, so mm-hmm. clearly a god does not exist if i'm in this condition mm-hmm. yet those as daniel experienced, and all three of us have been outside of the country, and you've been I think all three of us have been to uh developing countries as well. Mm-hmm. I, I remember being in Panama and seeing an open sewer. Open. I could have fell fallen down the sewer. <laughs> it was open and children barefoot running around, everybody but I'm saying, you know, those types of conditions you would you would think that those people would reject God, but mm-hmm. then they would be more faithful yep. than someone living in a um in a first world country like we do.
0: Yeah. So I, I, you know, that those types of things. And that, listen, first world, that's even still cultural ideology. Yeah. You live in a first world culture where the majority of your needs are met. And so because the majority of your needs are met, your mind can wander. You can think about nonsensical things like atheism. And I'll I piss people off. Piss off atheists too. It's fine. <laughs> I'm a, I'm an equal opportunity employer when it comes to that. So let's so but, but getting back to the conflict in the hand but, which is why it is so imperative for christians to remain focused right like you know dan just mentioned how the, the the responsibilities on the christian leadership to be you know knowledgeable of things like that which i think they were i think they were just being willfully ignorant um because if they support an unbeliever in 2016 that doesn't surprise me that they would support a Mormon in 2012. You know what I mean? It's like they were, they were propping up an unbeliever in 2016. Oh, did I just say that? Yeah, yeah I did just say that. So we have to, you know, take, take responsibility for our faith. Like, this is ours. And I think we, when we allow others, when we, when we choose to remain culturally ignorant, right, the the body of Christ, when we choose to remain culturally ignorant. You know, we were just talking about this before we started recording. So when we choose to remain culturally ignorant, you know, and now I want to shift because I want to I wanna sort of dismantle a lot of different things that will get mixed into our faith. So Dan brings up, brought up Farrakhan. You know, when I was up in New York last week, I got to see some of my brothers, uh, the, the Hebrew Israelites. They were on every corner. <laughs> we were in Manhattan. They were on these, these cats was like literally every block I walked up I seen the crew and I was like yo I forgot how prevalent this is up here and it's all over the
1: country now but I think the particular camp you're talking about uh, is in New York like yeah. the base there so yeah because they, they the are down ground.
0: here yeah they, they are down here but it's just not as prevalent like you don't see the that more aggressive sect um, down here but anyway so but and this is not to get into, you know, Hebrew Israelite, you know, belief or anything, but this is to just show what, what gives rise to things like that. And I think what gives rise to things like that, I mean, cause you can mention that you can mention, you know, the, the Uber patriotic, you know, super evangelical God and country people. When, when the church, you know, when the body of Christ chooses to remain culturally ignorant and not specifically speak to people's hurt and people's pain and we just, you know, choose to remain willfully ignorant, I think it it, it gives rise to things like mm, that. You yeah, know, yeah. It, it, it opens up areas and, and spaces and those types of people groups jump in there, right? Those people groups jump in. I mean, listen, those guys who were marching in Charlottesville a couple months ago, I guarantee you, they would consider themselves Christians. They would say, no, I believe in God. Just get the Jews and the blacks and the Mexicans out of here. But other than that, I'm good. Like, what what makes them feel comfortable enough to say that? A body of Christ who chooses to remain culturally ignorant. When we stay culturally ignorant, they feel like they have a space.
1: Okay, so you're talking about on both sides or all sides. All ba- ba- sides. Basically, it sounds like, hmm, this is interesting. It's It sounds like God has given, uh, has passed the but well, not passed the baton, but God, uh, Christ has a body. Right. Right? He has a body and he's the head and it's through this body that he impacts the world and the body is made up of us and other people who profess Christ he's the head so he's supposed to be determining our actions you know the the hand can't move without the brain saying okay you shall move right so we should be in alignment with him he has a body this is what we're this is the way that we're supposed to behave but when there is paralysis or where there is uh, a, a, a distinction, some something that that interrupts that that signal from the head to the leg or to the knee or whatever, um, then uh, and gangrene, all kinds of things can set in. Right. And atrophy so, but your yeah. atrophy is a better term. So, but but it seems like what you're presenting, which is I think just an extremely um, poignant uh, thing, is that. Regardless of what it looks like, there will be consequences when the body of Christ is not doing what it's assigned to do in this world. Mm -hmm. So whether we're talking about um, uh, certain types of Afrocentrism, you know, I remember when we were growing up, Africa could do no wrong. You know, I, I still have have something in me that just, you know has a, an elevated view of Africa, which is filled with human beings, mm-hmm. and they're going to behave as human beings behave. but but I just you know, there's just something about that continent. my mother went, et etc. but so certain forms of afrocentrism exist because or or the the thing that some people do, and they you know kind of say, well, Christ, you know uh, they, they try to talk about color as if that's more important. We know that he was a man of color that comes that that goes without saying, but people elevate that in importance. So you have that type of thing, but you also have Western churchianity that comes about and and tethers itself with Christianity as if it's one and the same. And again, if the body of Christ is not making distinctions, is not uh, calling out and saying, this is the Bible Mm And my brother says uh, Christians get your boy all the time <laughs> on on social media. It's like when you see some, you know, Pat Robertson saying something ignorant or something like that. I love, you know, it's just funny when he when he when he shares that and it says Christians get your boy. Well, we we don't get our boy. We don't do that. And so when we're not marking a distinction between uh, biblical Christianity and all this other stuff, then yes, it does give rise to these ideologies. Um, that are that that confuse a lot of people
2: yeah I, again further on to what you said even AJ uh, I believe that you know what we're seeing the rise in these groups is a direct response due to the church's lack of a stand on these issues I believe you wouldn't have you know the like the Hebrew israelites running around like they they do if we actually took a stand on these these felt needs these social issues oftentimes you know there's this false dichotomy where we believe uh we have to either choose the gospel or social issues rather than no we can address both the gospel actually addresses social issues um but so whereas you know if you see some in the church start begin to speak out of, about some of these social issues about this cultural ideology which is masking itself as christianity then you know they get labeled as being too liberal uh, being too progressive and you no know, you can't just just preach the gospel um but no we we need to yeah we need to address these these issues and this is why this is why we have like groups like the Hebrew Israelites because the church hasn't addressed these social issues. And again, this is why we have, you know, the, the far right, how you have these uh, extreme groups, um, quote unquote patriotic when they're not really patriotic. (laughs) They're hanging the Confederate flag, but yet a rebel flag, yet, yet yet upset when someone kneels for, the national anthem <laughs> but uh which is a hypocritical in and of itself uh but you you have these groups like you said even because the church isn't taking a stand that no this is how uh, a believer looks A you know a believer does not hate his his brother does not hate his neighbor uh, yeah. and yeah they're yeah, there wouldn't be that, that divide here if we actually took a bold stand as a church.
0: Yeah, so let's, let's do better, guys. Looking to make your ideas come to life? Because ideas can never die, you want to ensure that you are working with a skilled professional who can take your vision from abstract to reality. Let me introduce you to Darius Corey Designs. Darius is a graphic designer, illustrator, and photographer who has worked with clients ranging from large corporations to newly married couples just looking to memorialize their nuptial ceremony. From portraiture to logos and comic book illustrations, Darius uses his talents and passion to bring even the most vague ideas to fruition. Get in touch with Darius today at www.dariuscorey.com. That's D-A-R-I-U-S dot com or via email at Darius at DariusCorey.com That's D-A-R-I-U-S at DariusCorey.com Mention this ad and get 20% off your first order. Please support our sponsors the way they support this podcast and let them know you heard about it at Across the Intersection. So yeah, you know, it's, it's just an imperative that, that those of us who, who claim belief in Yeshua, we, we have to do better, um, you know, and remaining culturally ignorant is not, you know, all in, in the name of being good Christians. I don't, I don't equate that to doing better. I, I I equate that as, as part of the problem. So, you know, there's a scripture in, in Acts, you know, and I think it's in chapter six and seven, right? So where you have the, um. Hebrew-speaking widows who were, you know, essentially not giving the the same amount of food rations to the Greek-speaking widows, right, who were in the body. This is all the the same crew. If you recall, you know, earlier in Acts, you know, God added to their number when Peter preached, you know, and Holy Spirit came down and, you know, was added to their number. Tons and tons of people. So... In that tons of people, if you recall, there were different ethnic groups because there were different people who were hearing the gospel right in their native language. So there were different ethnic groups and the Bible does not shy away from this stuff. So you have Hebrew speaking widows, right, who had a clash, a cultural clash with the Greek speaking widows because they were not, you know. Allowing them to receive the same amount of food, you know, ration.
1: Discrimination,
0: yeah. Yeah, prejudice and discrimination. And that's fine. But the 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 leaders in that time did not remain culturally ignorant. This is what we do in, in the 21st century. Oh, it's a sin issue. Just preach more Jesus at them and, and this will change. No, what these guys did was, okay, we're not going to stop preaching the name of Christ, but what we will do is specifically address this matter. Give us seven men who are full of the spirit, who are full of wisdom, who have a good testimony, who somebody can vouch for, right? Let's get these seven guys, and they will specifically address this issue. See, this is what the body of Christ doesn't do. We just look at it and say, well, if they just had more Jesus, everything would be fine and roses, And it's like, no, everything would not be fine in roses if you have a particular people group who are constantly being accosted by another in the same, quote unquote, body of Christ. We have to, as believers, be willing to be made uncomfortable because I can only imagine when Stephen and and, and those guys come in, it had to be very uncomfortable in the beginning. Because he's literally changing how they do things. He's literally coming in saying and addressing the prejudice and addressing the mindsets of those people.
1: And then doing the work, which is allocating food equally.
0: (laughs) And then doing the work. Not just saying
1: I have faith with no works.
0: Yeah. And then I'm allocating these things equally amongst all of us who claim to be brethren. Right. Because one thing that I don't do, and this is where, you know, a lot of times I sort of part ways with a lot of people is I don't put. Like, I don't expect the, the change to come from the world. There th- There is nothing that will benefit them. So I don't expect them to want to, you know, have my best interest at heart. But what I do expect is my brothers, right? I expect my brothers to realize, okay, there have been things that I have been afforded, you know, that have been kept from my brother. So let me work to, like you just said, Eva, Um, equally distribute the things that have been because apparently if one has it I thought we all were supposed to have it right in the body of Christ not the world so you know NFL players taking a knee that's cute you know and different people doing different things that's fine but at the end of the day I'm not surprised that somebody like Jerry Jones would say what he said, right? Because it's not in his best interest for my benefit. Like my benefit is not in his best interest. So when he says that, that that doesn't surprise me. People, you know, still get up in arms and get surprised. Hey, whatever. But when I see my brothers, right? When I see Christian leadership, when I see these people doing the exact same things, that's when it becomes problematic. And so I, I wanted to bring out that piece of scripture to show that that, you know even in its infancy the church did not choose to remain culturally ignorant they they set aside you know wise leaders who were put in place to specifically deal with matters of prejudice of culture clash listen when you have that many people of different cultures coming together there's going to be some culture clash that's okay but God is not going to just say, put your head in the sand and just keep talking more about Jesus and all that stuff Will work itself out. No, we have to be willing to get in the midst of that. And, you know, not anybody. It has to be some people with some wisdom and some maturity, but who are willing to specifically deal with that matter.
1: I also like the both end of the scripture. So there we have examples <laughs> all through the New Testament of of the, the understanding of the cultural issues going on or the social issues, as well as the doctrinal or theological issues. So when a theological question came up, the, the same thing when with uh, some of the people saying that some of the new believers needed to be, you know, circumcised. And Paul, you know, looked back at the law and said, uh, no, right. the scripture does not say that circumcision has anything mm. to do with salvation. What are you talking about? Um, or, or a lot of times when, you know, the law of uh, not, not, actual, not the actual law, but when the, um, some of the traditions of the fathers is what it was called, uh, that the Pharisees had picked up over time, which added to the law, which of course is against the law. But anyway, you know, they added to the law and they tried to ascribe these things mm-hmm. to Jesus, you know, concerning the way that hands were washed and to the new believers you know, after Jesus' ascension. It's like those things needed to be corrected as well. And a distinction, according to Paul and the other apostles, was marked a line, a division, a dividing line was placed there so that the world would know both theologically and socially what was right and what was wrong. And that's something that we we say that we're we believe sola scriptura, right? Or we say <laughs> that, that we believe yes, that we all it's believe the that, Bible yes. alone, yes. But the question is, are we looking at the Bible as an example? You mentioned the Hebrew Israelites. Of course we know it's really just one or two camps of the Hebrew yeah. Israelites where people are standing on corners yelling at white folks <laughs> or having a big picture of a of, of, of a blonde, you know, they did uh, have those pictures out there with the waiting. with the with the line through it. <laughs> with the line through it like this is not a jesus you know there's only you know there. are most hebrew israelite camps i have a couple ones that i really like actually because they're messianic and so oh, forth uh-oh. <laughs> yeah oh i guess i'm going to hell I don't know. but anyway um those are only you know those bombastic people but again when you look you know at the people who are who seem to be um like, preaching the bible because there's always a reader out there yelling the bible There's some, when they read things from scripture about the 10 commandments and things like that, that is absolutely right. You know, and we as Christians need to be able to like, as they said, as they did in the, in the new Testament say, oh, well, yes, the 10 commandments, (laughs) um, treat, love your neighbor as yourself. All of those things are actually on point. However, let's mark a distinction between biblical Christianity and that other mess. And we should say, let's mark a distinction between biblical Christianity and that other mess, theologically and socially, because that's what we see in the New Testament.
0: Because if we want to really paint a really clear picture of biblical, quote unquote, biblical Christianity, it's going to have a cultural expression of multitudes. You know, in, in Revelation says I saw a people of every tribe, tongue and nation worshiping before the Lamb. Boom. That That is, if, if you want to talk quote unquote biblical Christianity, it's going to be a cultural expression of, you know, multiplicity, right? There's going to be many, many more people who do a lot of different things that you don't do, right? And so, I can't look at that through my cultural lens and say, that's not Christianity just because culturally it's not the way that I express it. And, we have to, you know, we have to make sure that we're not being duped, you know, by people who, who really unbelievers understand that, and so that's why they're able to pull the okie doke. That's why forty five is able to okey doke us because we are ignorant to it, but he is he realizes it, and people of his ilk realize it, and so they can come in, pull the okey doke, get what they need from the church, and then pew and they're gone. You know, I I equate that to. I think, what was it, last year or year before? Remember that church that Obama went to and he um, started singing? What song was he singing?
1: Gosh. Oh, Happy Day or something? Yes. (laughs) No, no, no. Oh, Happy Day? Yeah, I think it might have been. Yeah,
0: I feel like it was Oh, Happy Day. But if you remember, right after he left that church, he did a press conference about to pass the homosexual law. Remember that? And it was like, I felt like getting DJ Khaled to just come out, black. Like, yo, congratulations, you played yourself. You know, Just to, to tell all those church leaders, you played yourself. We, we let people come in and just pull a okey-doke all the time because we choose to remain ignorant. Mm-hmm. We choose to side more with our cultural ideology and less with our orthodox faith than the other way around. So
1: that same church that probably believed in, you know, man and one man, one woman marriage and believed that that's what the Bible sanctions invited someone in who, Mm -hmm. who doesn't and expressed it in a press conference right outside of the said, the the same church.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, congratulations, you, you played yourself and that, so this is not just a specific attack on, you know, white evangelicalism, I just use that as a case study for cultural ideologies that we mix into our faith and make them as one and the same, you know, when when they're not. Um, Yeah,
2: and this this leaves a a bigger, another issue, which I know we probably won't have time to today, (laughs) but just the divide among believers, whereas based on politics, based on whether you're uh, conservative or liberal or Democrat, Republican where you know, we are basically at each other's throat and we don't view each other as brother and sister in Christ. Daniel, anymore. you're not
1: you're not a real believer if you're liberal, so I don't I'm not quite sure what, <laughs> what are you are talking about. You know, liberal believer? what, what? Uh,
0: you said there was with, with such a straight face. I was like what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, go ahead.
2: Yeah. I'm I'm independent, by the way, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's like we. I see, you know, I see it on Facebook all the time. I see people getting very heated about politics, um, you know, about these, about a lot of uh, cultural ideological issues, but not not as passionate as about the gospel, not as passionate to to love on each other, to, if we're truly loving on each other as, as neighbors, especially as brothers and sisters in Christ, we should have a heart of compassion to hear their story, to not automatically, you know, they say something we don't like, and so we're barking back and forth at them. No, let me, let me understand, okay, why do you think the way you do? Why do you believe the way you do? And this is why I believe the way I do if we can't have rational discussions as believers, as the body of Christ, then what kind of impact are we going to make on the world if we can't even impact each other's lives? We're
1: imploding. That that would be uh, the impact, <laughs> implosion. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the the culture ends up having more. You're exactly right. the The culture ends up having more sway in the body than the body does in the culture, and so we just get pushed around left and right. You know, depending on which way the wind is blowing in the culture as opposed to, you know, impacting the, the culture. So, yeah, I mean, we just got to do better. We, we have to come to a place where, you know, we are realizing things that certain things that are cultural and things that are not of our orthodox faith. And neither one is bad, but we have to make the distinction. I think that is, that is the, the conclusion of this, of this case study that we've made today, is that there, there are things that we do and practice that are not faith. It's just part of our culture and that needs to be distinctly different, you know, and and, and made sure that it's expressed like, hey, this is just how I view the world through this cultural lens. It's not inherently, you know, evil or satanic. It's just my cultural background, but it's not going to deprive me or you or anybody else of your Orthodox Christian faith. And so. I hope you guys, you know, really got something out of that. You know, that's that's where we're going with this, you know. And so, this is not just white evangelicalism, you know, Afrocentrism, anything that is cultural, not faith-based, because at some point, all of this is going to pass away, right? Heaven and earth will pass away. That includes my culture, if you want to really get to the nitty-gritty. My culture is earthly. It's based within this earth, and it will pass away when this heaven and this earth pass away. So... Yeah, so thank you guys for rocking with us this week. Um, you know, as we always say, we're going to keep God in the mix, and, you know, sometimes keeping him in the mix means trampling on, you know, things we prop up as important when they're not that important. So I'm going to continue to do that till they put me in the ground. So uh, for Eve and Dan, this is AJ saying thank you all for rocking with us and catch you all next week. Peace out. Peace. Peace. I left the institution, now that's some real talk Live right the execution, now that's some real walk Stay cool, cause outside my dude is real hot Got bodies outlined out here in real talk I left an institution, now that's some real talk Live right the execution, now that's some real walk Stay cool, cause outside my dude is real hot Got bodies outlined out here in real chalk I left the institution, real talk Living right the execution, real walk. And stay cool, stay cool, Cause it's hot outside, and get your body outlined and chalk. I left the institution, real talk. Living right, the execution, real walk. And stay cool, stay cool, Cause it's hot outside, And get your body outlined and chalk. Stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside. And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot. And stay cool, stay cool, Cause it's hot outside. I get your body outline and chalk.